Money Books with Aaron, Polly, Tim, and Wayne. I'm Aaron. I'm Polly. This is Wayne. This is Tim. Well, are you guys sober now after, you know, having uh, all the after parties from the funnies last week? No. No. Sadly. After parties still going on. <laughs> is 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 that DJ Kitty in the background pumping that groove? <laughs> 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 Ah, good times. And by pumping the groove, he means he just put the Tron soundtrack on. That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, uh, you know, after the funnies last week, you know, we record on Saturdays, and uh, I, uh, I, I, I left my recording studio, and, and what did I see out there on the interwebs? But that uh, Marvel Comics was having a special digital deal. And I know that Tim has been looking forward to this conversation all week. But uh, the, they, they, were, they had a deal that if you went and bought any of their online comics, you know, any of their digital comics through the Marvel Comics app, they would send you a $5 off coupon good at your local comic shop. And so you know, reading the, reading the, the uh, criteria, it says you know, buy it through the digital app, and within a day, we'll send you your coupon. So I did it. I bought me a, a Marvel digital comic for $0.99, cents, and eagerly awaited my $5 coupon to arrive on Sunday. And it did not arrive. And I was like, well, you know, it's the weekend. I'll wait till Monday. We'll see if it gets here Monday. And it did not arrive. So Monday evening, I send a note to the uh, uh, Marvel Comics customer service explaining the situation. And so Tuesday, I come home from work. I log into my email. And I wait to see if my coupon had arrived. And it had not yet arrived. So I send a note on Twitter to Marvel. Didn't get a response. All week long, this continues. I, I send tweets to Marvel at, at Marvel on uh, Twitter. I send notes through their website and never afforded the courtesy of a response. So, uh, yeah. Thanks, Marvel. You screwed me. You know what did arrive this week, Aaron? My Barnes & Noble gift cards that I had coming in for my reward points at work. $400 to Barnes & Noble. First thing I bought was a Nook. First thing I did was root it. First thing I did was root it to get rid of the Nook OS so I could get Comixology app on there. Uh-huh. I am so ready for joining the digital comics age. I'm taking all these preview copies of books we get and throwing them on there and reading digital stuff like crazy and thinking of Tim while I do it. <laughs> As I stroke my iPad, I think of Tim. <laughs> and Wayne, just FYI, don't buy that Marvel book expecting that coupon. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, so seriously, a week later, no word, huh? Nothing. I mean, I got I got one of those automated. Hey, we received your inquiry, and that was it. I mean, nothing. And I'm just like, uh, I, it, it's stunning to me that I've had no response on it. Much like ninjas, Marvel is balls. I agree. <laughs> Marvel is balls. Well, I am sorry to hear that, Aaron. Well, you know, my, here's the funny thing is my uh, local comic shop wasn't going to honor the coupon anyway. <laughs> so what 99-step book did you buy? Um, I, a book that uh, I think you're sending to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the first issue of uh, that the Ed Brubaker Iron Fist. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That is just the first issue of it. I just I wanted to take a peek at it, and I was looking at what they had on sale for ninety nine cents. So that's book. what I did. It's See, definitely worth ninety nine cents. 
your comic shop may not have honored the the uh, coupon if you would have got it. Mine has a twenty five cent sale going right now. Oh, my I haven't seen too. I haven't seen quarter bins in a while, and they apparently have three four tables set up just filled with quarter bins. Yeah, my guy's having a big closet clean out sale, and so he's got his his quarter boxes out. Uh, and I, it cracks me up what I saw in there: Fear itself, uh, uh, you know, Heroic Age. <laughs> I was very tickled at what was already in the bins. Why do I have this image of Wayne trying to roll up one of those quarter comics and shove it in his USB drive for his, for his note now? <laughs> Why can't I do this? It should be user friendly. You know, I, I what what I found really amazing at uh, my comic guy's sale was that he had a stack of that Frank Miller Holy Terror book. You know, it's that that oversized hardback. Uh, that was controversial. It was originally supposed to be a Batman story about him whooping on Muslims and uh, uh, wound up becoming an independent comic because DC said, oh, no, thank you. Entirely too controversial. And so the, it normally retails at 30 bucks. He had a whole stack of them brand new for $10. And so you know, I went over and I bought me one and I bought one for Paul. Oh. And <laughs> – and my guy's like, oh, yeah, you're, you're getting the Holy Terror book. And I said, well, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't mean this to sound as awful as it sounds, but I've wanted to read it. I just haven't wanted to pay for it. <laughs> you know, Because I, Frank Miller's such a weird guy. I, just, I had a hard time rationalizing you know, paying full price for hey, it. I but, get it. I wish I waited for Dark Knight Strikes Back to drop the 10 bucks. Oh, man, no doubt. Goddamn. No doubt. Yeah. But anyway, Paul, that will be coming to you this week. Sweet. And I'll you autograph know, it. I, uh, you want I can't, to autograph it? Uh, no, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't do the quarter bin thing anymore. I, I you know, I used to love because my comic shop used to basically take, basically convert the entire shop to to long boxes, and you could just rifle through the long boxes. And I'd go there like, you know, and spend three hours, and then he'd shuffle things around and put new books in every day, and. I mean, it was like this huge sale, and I loved it. I love going through it, but I'm just – I'm trying not to – I'm trying to declutter and you know, picking up 125-cent comic books, no matter how good of a deal it is, is just it, – it's not on my agenda right now. You know, I, I hear what you're saying, Paul, but 25-cent uh, comics. I know. I, know. I, I, it, it, I, I am drawn to it like a moth to the flame. I can't help myself. Well, my new comic shop would never do anything like that because, you know, they don't their, their idea of a good deal is 15% off. So, yeah. I don't get out of bed for 15%. <laughs> See, thankfully when I got my uh the comic shelf that my wife got me for my birthday, I did an inventory of a bunch of my comics because every time these quarter bins happen, I go in and I end up buying at least 5 books that I already own. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, same here. And sometimes, in the same visit, I will buy the same comic book. <laughs> I I have to admit to having done that a couple times. Not even alternate covers always. I've been keeping track, and uh, Wayne's uh, Wayne's uh, wife got him. Now gets a credit because it's been mentioned. <laughs> Can do. Throw that in. That's right. That's right. You know, best grip. Wayne's comic shelf. <laughs> Really, you know, this show is sponsored by Wayne's Comic Shelf. <laughs> it's very cool, Wayne. I'm just, yeah. I was say, have any of you had a gift that cool custom made by, your, you know, your wife had it custom made? I don't think so. It's worth mentioning. 
There's a dirty joke in here that I'm not going to make. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm restraining <laughs> I'm like, myself. My wife as custom well. makes a lot of gifts for me, <laughs> but um... <laughs> and everyone else, Paul, and everyone oh, else. Oh, out oh, of bounds. That's oh. wife, man. Yeah, that's, that's out of bounds. Oh, yeah. well, well. No, see, yeah. only mom is out of bounds. <laughs> oh, oh, don't this is open true. That. If not by the spirit, by the letter. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on. Um, you know, speaking of Marvel, which we weren't because, you know, we were talking about other things, but we were talking about Marvel a couple minutes ago. This transition Marvel... would have been better five minutes ago. Go, Paul! <laughs> so it, it's possible that Marvel didn't respond to your query, Aaron, because they were so busy making all of their huge announcements this week. That could be. It could, it could have been that, uh, you know, Axel Alonso and Joey Q were just busy. And, and I'm sure it's the same department, really, that responds to, the, to those emails. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when they don't have a Marvel architect doing it, they have you know, they have Joe or, or or Axel doing it. Yeah, Marvel architects responding to your sales queries <laughs> the last two years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they had three big announcements this week. They they had these conference calls that they didn't invite us to. FYI, what the hell's up with that? I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't have called in anyway. But well, you would have. I don't know. They do them during the day. I got a, I got a day job. Uh, come on, you can't sit at your desk and dial into a conference call. Isn't that kind of what you do all day, Paul? That's a good you point. You can't step away from your desk and sit in the bathroom and listen to a conference call. Can you? True. I guess I could. I could. I mean, I did it with Raven Gregory. I can do it with Mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what's great is that they gave me a, a, uh, a Bluetooth headset this week at work. So, you know, I can just wander around. Well, the difference is it's worth doing that for Raven Gregory because he quotes us on the back of his trade paperbacks. Marvel doesn't. This is true. And and technically, Marvel's big announcements, I'm really only well, excited about. I, I, in all fairness, what's Marvel going to say? <laughs> <laughs> second, second year running, Matt Fraction, worst writer ever. <laughs> Fear itself. It sucked. I, I Ideology don't, of madness. I just don't see them putting that on their books. <laughs> But Paul, tell us about the, the tell us about the announcements that you didn't listen to. <laughs> so Aaron and I are, are big fans of Captain America and Bucky, the series written by Ed Brubaker and I, some other guy, like co-written by Ed Brubaker, um, and has featured art by help me out here, Aaron, the guy from Thor: Mighty Avenger. Oh, uh, Chris Somney. Chris Somney, and now Francesco Francavilla. Well. After the current arc by Francesco Francavilla, I guess Marvel didn't really have long-term plans for this series. <laughs> um, they are instead changing the title to Captain America and Hawkeye. And um, it is going to be written by Colin Bunn, who is the author of Fear Itself the Deep that Aaron and I were... God. <laughs> that is not a, 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 a ringing endorsement. That is, I, I would leave that off my resume. <laughs> So, so what did you do during this period of time? I was unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I, I got to be honest. I, I'm off the book after this arc then. I am not going to stay on for Captain America and Hawkeye. Okay. I have to tell you, having read the most recent issue of Captain America and Bucky, I'm off now. I did not care for the, uh, for, for the artwork and the – I guess it was Francesco Francovia. I didn't care for it one little bit. Yeah, I didn't – you know, the the – I think they had that first arc planned, the one with Chris Somney. And, you know, they, they want to keep up that, that numbering on the title, I think, is what's more important to them than 
actually producing something worthwhile. Right. And yeah, I mean, I, I didn't. We didn't talk about it because we haven't really talked about new books for the last couple of weeks. I didn't care for it either. Um, and I like Francesco Francavilla. But I do too, but I did not care for, for the artwork on that book. It looked very rushed. Yeah, it was just the artwork, but the story was actually kind of yeah, not my bag either. Yeah. So you know, I thought I was – I might, but if you're going to drop it now, I will probably drop it now too. But I, I no will point. say I am awfully excited about Winter Soldier. The ads for Winter Soldier look fantastic, and it's got uh, Butch Geis on, on the on the pencils, and I, I'm all over that. Yeah, that's all you. I'm not on that either. Yeah, well, screw you, Paul. No, no, you screw you. You know what I am on though. What are or... you on, Paul? <laughs> uh, we're making a wife or a mom joke here. Um... <laughs> I was going to make a drug joke and say heroin. <laughs> <laughs> so another big Marvel announcement was the Spider-Man Daredevil Punisher crossover. Yeah. Um, it's going to cross over from Punisher to Daredevil to Avenging Spider-Man, not Amazing Spider-Man, um, because I guess Dan Slott, you know, has long-term plans for that book and don't Thank mess with God. Um, that I don't have to deal with the crossover. Now I got to say, I'm, I'm actually kind of looking forward to it because I did this week. I got caught up on all of the Greg Rucka Punisher books. Mm-hmm. Are they good? I got to say they're not bad. I, I will. They they open up a couple of interesting insights. Um, for me, because it, it is very much if you read Spider-Man, you you really should read Punisher, because it has it shares a lot of the same characters. Nora Winters, Carly Cooper, um, are are, are pretty big characters in the Punisher book. And I got to be honest, one of the things that kind of surprised me, and I hate to spoilers on, it's kind of hinted that Carly Cooper's sleeping with with another cop. No, like. Not my Carly. I'm like, is, is is this like simultaneous with Peter Parker, or is he the rebound, or are they just like flirting? I'm like, this is this is uncomfortable. She's a whore. She's she's cheating on Peter Parker. She's I'm, a whore. Punisher. But anyway, no, it's a, it's a decent book. Um, I, I I do enjoy the Punisher. Is it something I'm going to read ongoing? I don't know. I mean, I got caught up. I I'm not going to add it to my poll, but I am probably going to pick up this crossover, which takes place um which basically it deals with the hard drive that daredevil yeah uh uh stole from hydra aim yeah. and all the big guys at the end of his first arc or second arc and so uh you know it, it seems like it's going to be an interesting storyline and who's going to be writing that story paul it is going to be written by greg rucka and mark wade i don't fuck i like both of those guys yeah and they're kind of trading off so it's yeah. not like um, one issue is going to be written by one. One issue is going to be written by another. They're kind of writing it like fifty-two because they used yeah. to work together on fifty-two, where you know they trade off on scenes and stuff like that. Right. Um, and I believe the enti- all of the art's going to be done by Marco Chiquetto, who is the artist on Punisher. Did you guys see that uh, thing? I think it came out uh, during the holidays, uh, where DC was slamming Mark Wade and saying that his run on the Flash sucked and that Kingdom Come wasn't a very good book. I heard about that. No, I didn't that see was that. Some, I mean, I, I was like, really. A <laughs> Kingdom Come kind of love that book. Yeah, screw you, DC. Mark yeah. Wade's one of my most consistently good writers. Absolutely, absolutely, and I loved his run on Flash. Yeah, so that's uh, that's odd that DC would say that. I thought so as well. But yeah, I love I, I love the idea of him and uh, Rucka working to get working together again because I enjoy both of them. Yeah, and I believe it's only a three issue crossover. So I mean, I'm gonna pick it up. I, yeah. I, I am definitely interested, and I'm enjoying Avenging Spider Man. Yeah. So. 
you know, it, it seems like they keep coming up with excuses to have a different artist on the book before yeah. Joe <laughs> Joe Mad returns. Yeah, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'm on it. Now, here's an interesting thing for you, Aaron. For me. For you specifically, for you because I don't think Tim cares about Walt Simonson. But no, Tim does care about Walt Simonson because Tim's Walt a Thor Simonson. guy. Walt Simonson is going to be doing the Avengers versus X-Men tie-in issues of Avengers oh, wow. with Brian Bendis. Walt Simonson's going to be the artist. I actually I, – and I really like the way Walt Simonson draws uh, the X-Men. You remember that old uh, Teen Titans X-Men crossover? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I dig his take on that, and I just love Walt Simonson. I do too. You know, I think this is – I think it's an interesting announcement because it's like excitement, but at the same time, I'm, I've never been a fan – of the Avengers tie-in issues, right? The big crossovers, the Civil War tie-in issues sucked, the Secret Invasion tie-in issues sucked, the Fear Itself tie-in issues sucked. Well, I, I'm I not have sure to how say I feel about this. I have to say, and I, I and I, I know I was real vocal about this earlier about how I wasn't interested in this Avengers versus X-Men crossover. Damn it, the mar- the Marvel marketing is working because the more I read about it, the more I'm like, I might want to read this. Oh, yeah. No, in this article, Bendis was talking about how he's trying to channel the Teen Titans X-Men crossover. I'm like, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I really love that. I know. I, and I'm just I'm like, God damn it. You know, because I was really, you know, when they first announced this, I was all, oh, I'm not reading the Avengers versus X-Men crossover. But now I'm like, well, fuck, I, I think it kind of looks good. And, you know, that they've mentioned that it's got some tie-ins to uh, Avengers Children's Crusade. Which yep. just wrapped up, and I'm like, well, goddamn! Now I got to go back and read that thing. No, God, no, don't. don't don't read that book. No. That book is <laughs> terrible. It's yeah, I even art. dropped it, and I'm a huge fan of the, you know, of the characters that were in it. Well, yeah, I, I, I continue to read it. Which is back. That's that's <laughs> the main part. Yeah, I, I, I really think that's the, that's what you're getting out of it. Um, and some of the characters who died during Avengers Disassembled, um, like uh, Scott okay. Lang. <laughs> he's alive yeah basically but oh god aaron it's the the writing wow. on that book is terrible the art is gorgeous but the writing is terrible i, I i've been reading it you know offline you know, i'm not reading avengers or x-men but i am reading that uh the basically the cable series right now where he's hunting down the avengers and i think i'm going to be on board for avengers versus x-men too hey and now I, you got you guys know me i'm not much of an x-men guy but astonishing x-men by greg pack Fan freaking tastic. I've read both uh, 40, 44 and forty five, and they uh, they read so much like the X Men that that I dug back in when I was a teenager. I mean, they're just fantastic books. Uh, and none of you are still reading Wolverine and the X Men, are you? Uh, still, I never started. <laughs> uh, oh my god, that that book is fantastic. It is a fantastic. It X-Men looks book. good. It looks good, and you know this is the the, the slippery slope that is the X Men. Is you start reading one X Men book, and then you kind of start looking it over at all the other X Men books. And I've been looking at at uh, the Wolverine book, and I'm just like, oh god, I I just I, I can't go whole hog into the X Men. Well, here's something to entice you Uh-oh. on 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 Wolverine and the X Men. It the only book it's tied in. It, the only book it tied in with was um, Uncanny X Force. Uh huh. And even then, it explained enough that you can kind of um, 
you can still jump on without having to have read it. But basically, the new storyline involves um, in recently in Uncanny X Force, or at the very in the very first arc of Uncanny X Force, they killed a kid who was destined to become Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. I think Wayne and I read that storyline and loved it. Yep. Unbeknownst to the rest of the team, um, what's the guy's name? The guy in the white costume. Nemesis, uh, Phant- I think. Phantom, Phantom X. X. Phantom X cloned the kid. So and and basically was raising him in a in a virtual reality environment to be a hero. He was basically he cloned Apocalypse and was raising Apocalypse to be a hero. And now Apocalypse is a new student in uh, Wolverine and the X Men at the Jean really? Grey Academy. Yeah. Wow. Damn um, you, Paul! I don't want to be interested <laughs> in this book. It is so good, and the new artist is Nick Bradshaw, and he draws the book just like Art Adams. And it's it's just like. It's it's scratching the right itch. Well, I, the in the Astonishing X Men book, the uh, story that they're telling right now involves uh, uh, multiple universes, and so you've got these different X Men from different universes, and the the Wolverine from this one universe has gold claws. So you know, gold claws. <laughs> but he's got this weird thing on his back with like he he's got knives sheathed on his back. That not only he can use in a fight, but his partners can borrow as well. I'm fascinated by this book. And the artwork by Mike McCone is fantastic. You know, the X-Books been doing a lot of alternate reality stuff. X-Force did that whole crossover with uh, Age of Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. That's led to a new Age of Apocalypse series. Well, and what I really liked about this is it reminded me a whole lot of uh, uh, the first time Chris Claremont did like that Future Imperfect story. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm calling it the right name, but you know where where all the Sentinels were had had already hunted down and executed, you know all the mutants and a whole lot of America's superheroes. It just kind of reminds me of that flavor, and, and I just I'm really getting a kick out of this book. I just Greg Pak's really uh, turning this out. I think you're talking about Days of Future Past. Yes, thank yeah, you. Yeah, Future yes. Future Imperfect was Hulk. Yeah, okay, and that was good too. Now also, yes. Yeah, so uh, we we got off on a tangent here, but basically <laughs> we were Us talking. Her. Yeah, we were talking about Avengers versus X Men. If they keep the series fun, which it's hard considering the subject matter, uh-huh. then I would probably in- be into it. But I'm a little tired of the dark and dreary, you know, Avengers X Men fights and civil wars, and you know, I just I'm kind of tired of that kind of Marvel universe. Well, I, you know, I I, I think I think. That it looks like it might be fun. Well, you know what else looks like it might be fun? The Titan Books announced this week that they were going to be re- releasing reprints of uh, Simon and Kirby horror and science fiction books. Yeah, I, I'm r- actually rather excited about that. I'm I'm kind of a Joe Simon, Jack Kirby fan, and uh, you know, of course, Joe Simon passed away recently. He's the fellow who you know created. Captain America. I, I I really dig dig both of their work, and I'm excited to see the uh, return of the, their sci-fi and horror titles. I'm not familiar with any of these titles, to be honest with you. No, neither am I. So, neither I mean, am it's I. Kind of interesting, you know. You get a new, I mean, essentially stuff that hasn't been probably seen in print in decades. Decades, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I'm I am really uh, excited to, to see this. You know, and you know, hopefully they're cleaning up stuff and you know making it look a little bit more pretty in this you know digital age of, of coloring and and uh, comic book releases. So I'm excited about it. I think it'll be a nice addition to uh, what we read. It depends on the price. <laughs> like I'm looking at the article now, and uh-huh. I, I, like I'm curious about them, 
it just depends on the price. They have to price them right. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, you don't want to. So many of those, uh, you know, nice premier hardbacks come out and they're fifty dollars. Yeah, because Dark Horse does it with like the old creepy and eerie books. Yeah. Or you know, or Tales from the Crypt. They're re- they're releasing these nice hardcovers that collect like six issues for fifty bucks or forty bucks, and I'm like, you know, these comics are old as shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you really don't need to charge them. They're black and white. You're not recoloring them. Well, yeah, and along those lines, I, the, they price these books at such a point at the retail level that, for me, they're they are they price themselves out of my wallet, you know, um, and it forces me to go and find a discounter to sell them. Like for instance, uh, that Simonson Thor book that came out. Yes, you know I. There's no way in hell I can afford to buy that at my comic shop. You know, I have to go somewhere like Thwipster or Amazon, uh, where I'm going to get a forty to fifty percent discount on that cover price. Yeah, I got it from Thwipster. Yeah. Why do I feel so dirty? It's like Aaron's having a conversation with a hooker. You have priced yourself out of my wallet. I have to seek <laughs> alternative avenues. Yes. I'll just download porn. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's right. I'll just make a trip to Haiti. so marvel had big announcements titan had their big announcement dc had multiple announcements this week including a potential new logo i haven't seen the logo have you not seen the logo i don't like the new logo i don't either i don't like it's not something where i look at it and immediately get repulsed by it but (laughs) it's not it's not as good as the current dc logo it doesn't scream DC to me at all. It screams I'm peeling back a cover over this C to stick it to something. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at that right now. That looks awful. Yeah, that's a fail. Yeah, I hope. I mean, again, this isn't uh, this is unconfirmed, but that can't be right. They 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 that nah, can't be right. That that's awful. That's terrible. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that on the top left of a comic book. Uh. Uh-uh. I, I would I would completely gloss over that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, what's wrong the, with the, their current logo? I mean, it, it see it that their current logo seems fairly new. Yeah, it was and with Infinite Crisis when Infinite Crisis yeah. came out. So it's only a couple years old, really. Yeah. Huh. And you know, even then, I think they tweaked it a little bit with the new Fifty Two. So I'm right. not entirely sure what the purpose is of the new logo, yeah. other than to make their logo less interesting. that's the goal they have succeeded (laughs) yeah because when you see a dc comics movie too yeah well and and that's the thing is that well and maybe maybe i mean green lantern was their dc comics movie uh for 2011 yeah maybe they're trying to distance themselves from that (laughs) they're not (laughs) the same company that gave green lantern this yeah this may be the logo they put on uh the new dark knight movie i'm thinking but we'll see i mean i really hope that's not the logo I really hope it's just an early iteration or a possible iteration. I hope that's not the final logo. And we're going to link to all this in the show notes so you can see that we're just kind of not – we're just kind of thrown out. But, you know, DC also dropped six books this week. Yes. Well, they, they, they're they ending with issue eight, six books. Yeah. So I, I, I'm a so little – collects them into a, to a nice size trade paperback. Yep. I, I will say I'm a little glad that I didn't stick with OMAC because OMAC is one of the eight that's dropping. Right. And I enjoy OMAC, but this means I can pick it up in one fancy trade, get the entire series. Yeah, yeah and I want to say we predicted Mr. Terrific being one of the first books to be canceled. 
Yeah, and Men of War and Blackhawks, I kind of figured that. Static yeah, Blackhawks was terrible. Yeah, Static Shock is being dropped. But the yeah. surprising one here is Hawk and Dove for me. A surprising because you think it's a good book or surprising because they've had so so much support for it? It's surprising because they've had a lot of support for it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I didn't read Hawk and Dove, but I can't bear the artwork in it. I mean, I, I flipped through it a couple of times on on the newsstand, and the artwork is just awful. And Static Shock, I, I uh, <laughs> that doesn't surprise me one little bit. I mean, because we've we've talked about this in previous episodes, they removed everything that was key to that character, um, you know, leaving only his electrical powers. Yeah, you know, so I mean, it does not surprise me that Static Shock is gone. You know, I'm more excited about the announcements of the new books that they uh, they're releasing now that they're canceling some stuff. Mm-hmm. There are a couple books on this list that I'm I can't wait for. I'm a little uh, curious about some of these books, to be honest with you. And when I say curious, I mean in a bad way, <laughs> because they're announcing two books, World's Finest and Earth Two, uh-huh. that have to deal with, you know, Earth Two, basically an alternate universe. Right. And I, 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 I was kind of hoping they weren't going to jump right back in to the multiple universes again, the infinite Earths nonsense again. Well, I knew they would because they said that Justice Society was going to be a different world. Mm-hmm. And we have, we've been without Justice Society now since the reboot. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to Dial H. Really? Because I love the uh, the last time they did a miniseries of this. It was uh, they called it Hero. Yeah, I hated that book. Oh, I love that book. <laughs> I not only hated that book, Wayne, I hated people who liked that book. <laughs> I like that book. Oh, man, That's Tim and right. Wayne, both on my list today. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it this time. Uh, if Superboy wasn't so bad, I'd be interested in the Ravagers, but Superboy's been See, so bad. And I never cared for the Ravagers storyline from the original 52. Um you know where it was, where Superboy and the Ravagers. I didn't care for that. Yeah, I, it's, and it's it, Howard Mackey and Ian Churchill. Can you get a more '90s yeah theme on a book than Howard Mackey and Ian Churchill? Yeah. Wow, I'm kind of excited about GI Combat. Seriously, it's it's the, the how is that different? How is that okay? All right, all right, fine. It's all World right. War Two with dinosaurs. Huh. It, You're it, not selling me, Paul. You're really not. Oh, now wait a minute. Will they will they get an opportunity to ride a dinosaur? I'd hope so. Or perhaps to intimidate a dinosaur. Is Mikey <laughs> Mason the gunnery sergeant? That's right. If they if they are going to you know throw down on the dinosaur and scare the dinosaur off by just intimidating it, I'm cool with that. It's possible. Okay. No, I'm looking forward to it because I you know I, I'm I like the idea of the World War II and dinosaur stuff. Um, it's got the unknown soldier. It's got the haunted tank. It's written by J.P. Oh, yeah. Cole. I, I, I like that those odds. Okay. I like uh, the haunted tank. I've always enjoyed the haunted tank. So I'm, I'm going to give GI Combat a try. It is probably going to be a 3.99 book since they're talking about each issue having backup stories. Right. Um, but I'm enjoying All Star Western, which is also a 3.99 book. So. So what do you think about Batman Incorporated? I think they're being misleading on Batman Incorporated. How so? It has been announced a billion ways from Sunday that Grant Morrison is finishing up his Batman storyline with an eight-issue miniseries. It was originally called Batman Leviathan. Right. Now they're announcing it as an ongoing called Batman Incorporated, 
but I guarantee it's still just going to be those eight issues. Hmm. And maybe that's what they're trying to do. Every eight issues, you know, every eight months, they're going to kind of do this, this swap out. Right. So I, I, I think we'll see that even though they're announcing it as ongoing, I bet you we'll still see that the book will end with issue eight. You know, I didn't like what Grant Morrison did with Batman at all, but I have to admit the the solicit for Batman Incorporated does sound interesting. And maybe it's just because the writing on Batman and Robin actually has me liking Damian Wayne, which I never thought I would. But the uh, the solicit talks about this being, you know, Batman Incorporated versus Talia and her group. That that could be interesting. Yeah, uh, you know, Batman. It's by the same creative team who did. Some of Batman Incorporated. Basically, uh, Graham Morrison and Chris Burnham did my favorite issues of Batman Incorporated. And they did the recent Batman Leviathan Strikes one-shot, which was a, a fantastic one-shot. Um, so I'm, I'm, here's the thing. I'm excited about it. I've all, I, I also kind of get the impression that they are bringing the Batman Incorporated stuff into the new 52. Because that was one of the things about Leviathan Strikes. It says at the very beginning, this takes place before the new 52. But if you look at the preview art of Batman Incorporated, it has Batman's new 52 costume. So, you know, I, 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 I am I'm looking forward to the end of the story because yeah. I've really enjoyed the story. Um, and it, it, considering Batman Incorporated had Stephanie Brown in it, I'm very curious to see if that means we're going to get Stephanie Brown hmm. here on the new 52. So I... I, I, I I'm curious to see how they're going to bring new readers in, considering there's a lot of baggage with it when it comes to Batman Incorporated. Right. And speaking of baggage, the baggage that was on Hawk and Dove is moving to other books. So, Aaron, you may want to get a pencil and paper out and make yourself aware <laughs> to avoid these books. You know, I, I don't understand the love for Rob Liefeld. You know, there, there, there is a contingent of people out there who really dig – what he's doing, but I, you know, we talked about the infinite when it came out. It was one of the books that uh, I believe I made y'all read, and I, I thought it was terrible. Just uh, the art, the artwork was terrible, and I, and I see that on Hawk and Dove, and now I see that they're moving him over to these other titles after canceling Hawk and Dove. I mean, he's going to be drawing Grifter. He's going to be drawing the Savage no, no. Hawk. He's, I, I believe he's going to be writing. I don't think he's actually oh, e drawing any of those books. Oh, even better. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I do believe he is actually just writing those books. I think he's he's cutting back on his art. He might just be doing art for Infinite at this point. Uh, I'll have to double check that announcement, but I uh, know he's writing these three books. Wow. So wow. Oh, no, he he's writing and illustrating Deathstroke, plotting Savage Hawkman and Grifter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you excited, I, I, Aaron? Well, I mean. We all recall Image from the 90s. You know, it wasn't a writer-heavy uh, <laughs> uh, company at that time. And I'm sorry, I don't see that Rob Liefeld has improved his storytelling abilities, either in his artwork or through words. Hey, I support this move because I'm not reading any of those books that he's no, going to be working on. And I'm not either. I mean, I, I have always wanted to enjoy Hawkman, but I've never read a Hawkman story that I thought was worth a damn. I, I could give a shit about Grifter. Yeah. And Deathstroke just isn't to care. I, I liked the Flashpoint Deathstroke, 
but uh, you know his appearance in the shade has kind of given me an inclina- an indication of what he's like in the fifty two in the new fifty two. So I, I can't really say I'm real interested in that. So it's absolutely fine that Rob Liefeld's out, you know, d- working his magic, if you will, on uh, these three titles because they're not books that I have any intent of reading. Well, I think basically what we're seeing here is in eight issues, those will have three more books off of, <laughs> off of the stands. True. Three more opportunities for DC to start up that Knights of Rainsboro series. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Just saying. We could be in the new 52. With our, like, get Rob Liefeld as our penciler. (laughs) I was about to say, we'll even bring our own artist. That's right. That's true. That's right. (sighs) Uh, So, after all that... We should probably talk about some new comics. What do you guys think? Do you think we can muster something nice to say? (laughs) <laughs> I, I think, you know, I got to be honest, the year started off on the right foot this week. Um, I guess technically that was last week. Yeah, but, but we didn't talk about anything new last week. So true. this week. This week, there were some damn ass good books. Damn assed good books. Damn assed good books. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. I'm flipping through our first book and I don't see any asses in it. No, in fact, the first book is probably not one of those damn ass good books. It, it, it's merely just a a, a good book. Um, Suicide Squad number five came out this week, um, featuring a prison riot, written by Adam Glass, art by Federico Delocchio. Now, Wayne, Tim, and I have been reading this book since the beginning, um, and this book, much like every issue, featured some character deaths, some some pretty harsh things happening. What'd you guys think of this issue? I thought so far issue five was the weakest of the bunch for the first part of it. And then after the prison riot, I was hooked again. I'm, I'm excited, Paul. And I'm excited because it looks like after issue eight, there's either going to be Harley Quinn back or no Harley Quinn. Either way, I'm going to win. I'm either going to save money or I'm going to get my character back. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure what was going on in the beginning part of this issue. Like, I don't know for sure who's alive and who's dead at this point. I'm assuming that, you know, I'm assuming anyone that we don't see in the last couple pages is dead. Well, the the one guy whose powers are ridiculous died. Yeah. Guy, I mean, it, the, the, it's, it's, I will say that's one thing that's a little hard to follow is who, because they kill a character, it seems, almost in every issue. And uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing these are the only... Th- three still alive maybe well there were four at the beginning of the book there's only three at the end plus harley i I think you're gonna see black spider again this is what i'm guessing but yeah well what i think is interesting there's a scene in this book spoilers on again um where king shark is sleeping and one of the other members of suicide squad goes to wake him up and king shark eats him like, yeah, I, that in, the, in every book. <laughs> I en- I really enjoyed that page and just seeing. I like this Amanda Waller. She's never been an overly interesting character to me. This version that has a family at home that she cares about and just the desperation she gets to in this issue. I've never seen that from the character before, and it's I like it. Yeah, you know, every issue of Suicide Squad I think is going to be my last because like I'm enjoying it. But it's just such a dark title that I'm like, eh, you know, maybe I'm just not in the mood for it. Maybe I'll skip it, blah, 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 blah. And But every issue, I'm like, huh, you know, that was good. I'm going to keep coming back. So it, it, it's like one – it's it's 
going to continue being to be an on the fence book for me. I uh, I'm going to see how issues six and seven are, but it, it's I, I've I've enjoyed it. I, I just I don't. It's like not a fun book for me. I don't know. I'm just excited for the next storyline. As like at the end of this one, leading into the hunt for Harley Quinn, I can't wait for this one. And they're going to reveal Harley's new origin in the 52 as part of that storyline. So I, I am really psyched for the next couple issues. Well, you know, it definitely got me to 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 uh, you know make a decision about this book because I'm kind of like Paul. It's it's been on the fence. There's been some parts I've liked. There's been some misses, but uh, I, I'm looking forward to the, the the Harley Quinn storyline. Well, a book that's a lot of fun is uh, Secret Avengers, and Secret Avengers number 21 came out this week uh, by Warren Ellis and crazy, crazy, fantastic art by Stuart Amonin and Von Grawbadger. Wade Von Grawbadger. Wade Von Grawbadger. Um, this book was fantastic, Paul. Oh my god, I'm so pissed that this is the last issue of the Warren Ellis run. Yeah, god. It was I mean I, I love how every issue has been a one-shot, but they kind of tell an interconnecting story. Mm-hmm. Um this was such a fantastic caper book. You know, they're they're pulling off this this mission. The characterization, I loved how every character, you know, had these fantastic moments. My favorite for uh, for uh, Steve Rogers, you know, they, they they bust into the into this tower and they've managed to evacuate everyone except the people that they believe are you know so somebody among their number has uh, is is a covert operative, and so uh, you've got these civilians in there and Steve Rogers says, well, you know, your mission's over, make yourself known and you'll be treated well. Nobody says and he says, he says, okay then, I don't believe in torture. It's ugly, dishonorable, and unreliable. So I'm going to let my colleagues do it. <laughs> and, and he doesn't even leave the room. He just turns around. Yeah, he just turns around. And so, like, Moon Knight, you know, crescents this guy's hand into the tabletop, and Black Widow shoots a guy in the leg. And, you know, Moon Knight's got his little crescent razor thing up against the guy's head, and he's like, you know, it's been a long time since I cut a guy's face off. Even longer since he lived. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I, I I thought this book was fantastic. All kinds of good monster stuff. I really liked how Stuart Amonin worked the pencils in some of the flashback scenes, and it really was reminiscent of kind of like Chris Somney's artwork with the real heavy darks, you know, showing the uh, you know that these are kind of period pieces. Ah, oh, this book is fantastic. Yeah, as much as I've enjoyed. The Secret Avengers run. This was my favorite issue of it. Absolutely, and just the the art, Stuart Amonin's art. You know, I can't say enough good about it. It was just amazing stuff. Yeah, and this was a fun book, exciting from you know beginning to end. And I'm just I'm really sad that it's the last issue of but, Warren Ellis's run. But you know, the the next run has my interest peaked. Yeah, Rick Remender is going to be the new uh, writer, and um, I like Rick Remender. With uh, um, the guy who was on Agents of Atlas and Hulk, uh-huh. Gabriel Hardman, yes. I think, is going to yeah. be the artist. And that's a pretty damn good team. Yeah, and that cover by Art Adams, mm-hmm. it looks amazing. And don't and get me he, wrong, I, you know, every every panel that had Valkyrie in it in this issue with Stuart Amonin was my favorite panel. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I just, I don't get enough Valkyrie. I really don't, and I, 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 Marvel has got to do something about that 
But, you know, look, looking at that uh, cover with the uh, Valkyrie on it that Art Adams did just looks fantastic. Well, and it's interesting because Venom's joining the team. Uh-huh. And so is Captain Britain. Yeah. And that's, and that's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, with Hawkeye leading it. Yeah, with Hawkeye leading it. No, it looks so good. I, it looks fantastic. So I, I, I really hope, you know, I, Rick Remender is a, is a very talented writer, and I am hopeful that he can uh, provide some of the same excitement that Warren Ellis has. Because, you know, when Secret Avengers started, I was not interested, but you, you certainly brought me back onto this book, Paul. Yeah, oh, this has been a dynamite run. Yeah, it really uh, has. And I, I look forward to seeing it in a, a nice, fancy trade, because every issue has been gorgeous to look at. Yeah. And just fun fun to read. Yep. Now, well, I have got, one... you got to ask yourself, though, in, in those ads, does Beast still look stupid? He is still Cat Beast. He still He's looks still stupid. Cat. Yeah. So, uh, someone needs to come along and fix that. I agree. <laughs> so I have a question for you, Aaron. Sir, yes, sir. In this book, and I'm sure it's, uh, th- it is also in our next book, there's an ad for Amazing Spider-Man 679.1. Yes. I just have to ask, are they not getting the hint that the Point One initiative isn't really working? Oh, but you see, if you listen to those Marvel guys, they'll tell you that the Point One initiative is working. I mean, I, I, why can't they just make it another issue of the series? I don't, I don't understand why this has to be a specific Point One. I don't get it myself. I, I, I think they're they're citing a difference without a distinction, but uh, I, I have heard a couple of interviews with Marvel guys. Are, oh, yeah, the Point One books are working really well. I, I disagree. But, you know, I don't think they're for us. I just don't know how well they're selling or how well they're achieving the goal that they have. Yeah, well, I mean, the sad thing is I think they are for us because, you know, that Venom book, the last Amazing Spider-Man point one, you know, I mean, it. Yeah, it, but the but the but the point one books were supposed to be your jumping on point. They were supposed to be a, a, a book for new readers you know, and when I think about, remember that New Avengers point one book. Was it New yeah. Avengers or Avengers? With New Avengers twelve point one, I think. Or yeah, maybe, and, I think it might have been Avengers. Now that you in, in which uh, you know Tony Stark blubbers like a little boy, and that's a story that doesn't occur until the summer, right? And that's the book they're going to give away as a free comic book day book. I don't know how well that brings your your new reader in when it's a year later before the actual story hooks in yeah uh, i mean I, I i think i think they had a decent idea i think that they have not executed it well you know because I, I, I mean secret avengers <laughs> secret avengers has been a whole series of point ones in my opinion they've been yeah. standalone books they introduce you to characters i think warren ellis has done a much better job at doing point one style stories than the point one initiative has actually been. Now there have been a couple of standouts. I seem to recall. Oh gosh, we were praising one not too long ago. Was it? Was it Journey into Mystery? Did it have a point one? Yes, it did and, have a point one. And I, I think that we all rather liked that. But I don't know. I, I just I don't think that I don't think this initiative has been very effective. Yeah. From my point of view. I, I'm with you. But anyway, speaking of Journey into Mystery. Journey, Journey into, into Mystery. Mystery. Yes. Issue 633 came out this week, um, starting the terrorism myth. Um, now, Kieran Gillen has said that he kind of has a trilogy planned for Journey into Mystery. And we've seen part one, and the terrorism myth is part of part two, is the start of part two. So he has a beginning, middle, and end planned for his run uh, with young Loki. So 
I think a couple of us read Journey into Mystery, or maybe it was just me and Tim. <laughs> well, it Tim was on my poll list. It did not make it into my poll. Aw. And uh, so, you know, Zeus Comics, I'm looking at you. Sternly. <laughs> Sternly, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Tim, what'd you think of Journey into Mystery 633? You know, the, the thing, one of the things I really like about Journey into Mystery is there is a lot of stuff to chew on. There's there was a lot of text like the 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 you know the scene that they show, which you know I'm not sure, I th- the the whole fear master. Uh, yeah, the meeting. like the meeting of the fear god or the fear lords is what they call them. Yeah, that, yeah, that's like a that'll take you five minutes to read that two page spread. Right, right. So, I you know I, that's part of the part of the, the the benefit of this book I think is that um, he really gives you your money's worth, and. Um, you know, I, I liked the old the old style uh, uh, artist that we had for the first run. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like the the I, I I'm digging the fact this might be a little bit more uh, uh, more traditional. Yeah, it seems like they went with a little bit more superheroish artwork on this storyline, which I got to be honest works for the storyline. Yeah, yeah, I I I, I don't think it's going to hurt. I think it's going to be uh, uh, it's going to be enough of a change to signify that this is, you know, the second part of the arc. Um, I love this book. The, uh, the scene with Loki and Leah having a milkshake was fantastic. Yeah. He gets, Loki gets into a fight <laughs> in a milkshake shop in a diner. And it's so funny cause he references movies. It's my favorite line of the book. He's like, I've been studying your moving pictures, gathered by the torrent of bits, transferred by the pad of eye. So many films for free. Your players must be generous to distribute them so. I just thought that was awesome. Like, this is just such a well-written book. The the, the dog only has one line. <laughs> so fantastic. So they're getting out of there because they got in a fight. The dog, murder? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> I love his evil dog. <laughs> but yeah, no, the, the, the main focus of this book was setting up uh, Damon Hellstrom. Did I get that right? Yeah, Damon Hellstrom. Yeah, Damon Hellstrom, who I haven't seen in anything that was relevant since, like, Defenders in 1980, you know, basically. And, but uh, I, I, like to, I like the take on him. You know, yeah, you know, he, like, he, he shows up in the middle of an to, to perform an exorcism. And, you know, I, I'm not that familiar with Hellstrom. And I know he was – I know he had his own book in the 90s. I know he was in uh, a Ghost Rider run with Daniel Way. But, like, I've never really gotten a grasp of, of him as an interesting character. But, no, <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed his appearance in this book. That's because he's typically not an interesting character. Well, maybe he, he, he's usually a better supporting character, you know. Like he was in the uh, search for the Sorcerer Supreme storyline. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I've never gotten a grasp for him as an yeah. interesting character, but no, it, he was well written in this book. And this was—I mean, we've—I think Journey into Mystery was our uh, top ongoing of 2011, wasn't it? Last week. Oh yeah. Uh, and deservedly so. And this is a—it's it, tricky because it's hard to jump on. With this issue, I think it's as good a jumping on point as you're going to get. Um, but I enjoyed the hell out of it. I, I wish I have one qualm about Journey into Mystery okay. because we're reviewers and we have to say something negative about everything. We do, except Secret Avengers. Um, 
fuck that book. All right, now we cover it. <laughs> no, my my negative thing about Journey into Mystery is that it's so deeply rooted in fear itself. I'm a little tired of seeing Asgard in ruins because I just don't get it. Avengers Mansion has been built and rebuilt three times. Avengers Tower had an Asgardian temple built on top of it, and Asgard still lies in ruins. Like, I don't get it. Well, let me explain it to you, Paul. The economy's in the tank. Tony Stark's <laughs> like, you know this philanthropist stuff? doesn't pay the bills. Yeah, so but I'm you not, know... I'm not rebuilding your Asgard again. But Go Captain America sands. said they would. Captain America said, we're going to rebuild Asgard. Captain and America they're... Captain America is on a government fucking uh, stipend. <laughs> Tony Stark's like, the hell I am. I, I just, I, I'm, a, I'm a little That's tired the of the Fear Itself references. And it, it's really only the first couple pages that you get the Fear Itself stuff. I'm, maybe I just have such a bad taste in my mouth for Fear Itself that any reference to Fear Itself is like, God, stop, stop. Well, you know, like I said, Asgard's in ruins because of subprime lending. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So at the end of this book, there's an ad for Venom Circle of Four. Yes. A six-part event starting in Venom number 13, featuring the female Ghost Rider, X-23, Red Hulk, and Venom. And I guess they're trying to have, like, a new new Fantastic Four, because there used to be a Fantastic Four with Wolverine, Spider-Man, Hulk, and uh, Ghost right. Rider. So I get, I, I, I get what they're trying to get here. Is anybody going to pick up that, pick up the first issue of that? I fear. Hell no. I fear you? that I might. I might, too. I mean, it's got Rick Remender on it. And it's got uh, – is that Jeff Parker? Yes. God damn it. Yeah. It's a whole team of characters I don't like. Well, you it's know, I like, I like that Venom. I just didn't care for his, his uh, ongoing. And I yeah. kind of like X-23. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the female Ghost Rider. Yeah, me neither. And, you know, Red Hulk, basically in every book outside of the regular Hulk books, right. I'm okay with them. Like, yeah. I like them in Avengers. Yeah. I like them in Avenging Spider-Man. Yeah. See, I'm not buying Avenging Spider-Man strictly because he was on the cover and I flipped through and he was in it. That's the that's the reason I haven't tried Avenging Spider-Man is because Red Hulk is in the book. I, I, I fear that I will give the first issue of Circle of Four a shot. Yep. I am too. It actually looks kind of cool to me. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, speaking of first issues, the 90s is back in a big way this week. With Scarlet Spider number one. By our good friend Christopher Yost. Yes, I am very curious to hear your opinion on this, Aaron. Oh, I dug this book so hard. It was the first book I read when I got my books this week. Um, I was all over this. This was this was terrific. Um, it's same, here, same here. First book I read. I mean, I even was able to forgive it for the fact that there was no hoodie. But, uh, you know, I can forgive it because he wasn't in costume at all. Yeah, I I I thoroughly dug this book. Uh, it, it it was I think it's setting up a fun Spider-Man. I'm kind of interested to see if he, you know, th this story takes place in Houston. I'm kind of curious to see if that turns out to be his uh, base of operations. With Marvel developing their West Coast characters now, uh, I was kind of half expecting to see him there. So I'm, I'm curious to see where he winds up being based. What I found interesting was they took. What they did with Spider-Man after the first time he fought the the Queen, mm -hmm. and they they'd given him all these powers then that they've since 
retcon they disappeared he doesn't have any of them anymore and they've given them all to kane right like kane has the organic web shooters he has those spikes that can come out he's got it looks like he has the ability to talk to spiders yeah he doesn't have a spider sense though but you know that's cool because he's kane not Mm spider-man although i i would like him to have a spider sense but overall it seems like all of those extra powers that you know that peter had for a very short time he's got all those yeah no, I, I I dug it. I I just the book is is fresh while still being a little nostalgic. Um, I I think I think we had some concerns during Spider Island that oh you know they're just making him Ben Riley. Ben Riley's dead, and they'll just they're just using this guy. But you do get a flavor of Kane's background in this book, so you know it doesn't feel like they're just you know whole hog making him Ben Riley. Yeah, this yeah. is going to be a darker spider character. I love the striking from the shadows. Yeah. The uh, the other cool thing, every time I see a superhero jump on a car to stop it, uh-huh. the first thing I think is, that is ridiculous. If you do that, the driver's going to be killed. Yeah. And every time they don't do anything with that until this book. I love those seeds when he tries to save the old woman by jumping and stopping this car and the driver's thrown from the car and you see this bloody broken mess of a driver with glass all through his body yeah yeah it's like oh i i like that they took the time to actually do that to show kane is not experienced as a hero he doesn't know what to do instead of swooping down and saving the old woman like peter would have he takes the more direct approach and someone gets hurt because of it yeah and you know what they they do show they do demonstrate how different he is from Peter. For instance, Peter doesn't drink, right? And so, you know, Peter drinks milk. <laughs> so, wh- where do you where do you see uh Kane? He's in a bar drinking shots. <laughs> so, I mean, th- they do demonstrate that he he is markedly different. You know, he runs Peter probably would have stayed to help out the guy who got injured uh when the car was stopped, um, Kane t- took off. You know? Yeah, Peter would have, after hearing the news report, rushed right to the hospital to uh, to save people. Right. Kane walks out of town. So yeah, I I, I think the book is interesting. I I I'm I'm digging it. I'm digging it hard. Yeah, it's a very well done antihero book. I'm uh, I'm with you guys. I enjoyed the hell out of it, and I like the art. Uh, the oh, art yeah. by is it uh, Ryan? It is Stegman. Ryan Stegman. I'm not familiar with his art, but he did some really great, some really great pages, mm-hmm. especially the fight sequences. And he yeah. he had some unique um, styling to it, like with the spiders all over the first couple of pages. Right. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, and I get a real kick out of any time they tell a story with someone with spider powers and they deal with how exhilarating it would have to be to when you first get these things. Yeah. The web swinging for the first time, the just leaping off of buildings, things like that. That has got to be the ultimate, you know, exhilaration, the ultimate uh, rush. But you don't see much of that anymore. We saw some of that in Spider Island with Mary Jane, and I dug that too. But seeing Ben do it, because, uh, wow, Kane. seeing Kane do it, <laughs> because Kane's never had webs before, that was very cool. No, this this was this was good stuff. I like that they're they're honoring the uh, clone story that happened earlier. You know that they're that you know they, they even show you uh, some of the news headlines and whatnot. Uh, I dug it. It's good stuff. So, uh, are we all on for issue two? Fuck yeah! 
Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you betcha. So going back to the good Spider-Man, not the good title, but I mean the good, like, <laughs> good guy, Spider-Man. Right. Amazing Spider-Man 677 came out this week, written this by the, Mark Wade. Right, and it's the first of the uh, of the story arc where it's the Devil's Triangle where uh, uh, Daredevil and Spider-Man are going to share the black cat. <laughs> I have been dreading this crossover. Because I don't want to pick up another book. I don't want to, you know, jump on to Daredevil. I, I didn't. I don't like the idea of crossovers. And I, after reading this, I'm going to have to start buying Daredevil. So I, you, should, you should have joined me, Wayne, because I, I, I took it out of my pull box, put it right back on the shelf. So let me ask you this question, guys. Ask um, I, I, I think that 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 I, I think that I know how you guys feel about the writing on the book. But the art is a big departure from uh, what we have experienced recently. What did you guys think of the uh, of the Emma Rios artwork on this book? Hated it. Oh, yeah, I hated it. Yeah. I got to be honest. It, 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 this is the artist who did that Doctor Strange miniseries yeah. that we all dropped off of because of the art. Yeah. Yeah, I did not care for the art in this book. Yeah, I thought this was a – I thought she was poorly chosen uh, yeah. series. Yeah. Over and over again, she draws Spider-Man with the squinty eyes to the point where the eyes are just little slivers. Yeah. I mean, these I get that they use the the eyes on the mask as, you know, a way to show emotion, but flipping through, she does it almost every page. It's tiny little spider eye. Well, let me ask you this. When you when you pick up a a comic with the black cat in it, what is your expectation of that book? Uh, Crisp, clean, smooth artwork, lots of curves. Um, Paul? Sex. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she managed to draw a black cat who is not sexy at all, who just seems like anybody else wandering around town in spandex. There didn't seem to be any energy around black cat. There was certainly no- nothing exotic about her. Um yeah, you know, and that's something you can always that you should expect from a black cat story. That's the way she's always been depicted. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, 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 there was no magic in uh, her depiction of that character. And you know, I from just, a writing standpoint, though, I love Wade's take on the character. Oh yeah, absolutely. That I, the voice of the character, the uh, everything she has to say, it, he does a wonderful job of it. Yeah. No, I, I think the writing is, is spot on. Thoroughly enjoyed Wade's take on Spider-Man, Daredevil and Black Cat. Yeah. I mean, I the, the it was I just hated that I didn't feel like the artwork matched the story at all. I thought it was a little un-PC that Spider-Man called Daredevil Magoo. But, you know, <laughs> it, it was funny nonetheless. <laughs> Apparently blind jokes are OK to make the Daredevil. You know, I got a huge kick out of – I have – like I said, I'm not reading Daredevil's book, but his whole identity non-secret thing. Yeah. I like that Spider-Man didn't really know how to deal with that either, that he just assumed everyone knows who Daredevil is because I don't know whether people know or not. Well, and I loved Spider-Man's commentary about Daredevil. This is why people hate working with Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I, it, it's just a well done book, and you know yeah. Mark Waid's written Spider Man before. He's doing a fantastic Daredevil now. I, I got to be honest, the only thing that took me out of this book was that art. Uh, considering both books are feature such great art, yeah, I don't know why they couldn't use one of the regular series artists. Well, I'm sure it's probably to give a break to uh, the rotating guys for Amazing Spider Man. You know, since it does come out every other week, um, but you know, it sure would have been nice to be able to see like Marcos Martin or Paolo Rivera who are doing work over on Daredevil as well, uh, craft this story. Because, man, this 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 would have been a favorite had the artwork just been a little bit different. I'm and, with you. And, and i got to say, there are some of the layouts that she did are great. You know, I think that the the storyboarding is really good on, on, the, on in the book. I think she does a good job of telling the visual story. I just don't care for how the book is finished. You know, I don't care for the ink work on it. The 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 darks are just too hashy looking and too. I mean, they're just there is a a a technique that is used in, in the in, in the inks that just don't give it that very crisp feeling. It doesn't give it that smooth movement that you kind of want to see on these type of characters. You know, when you've got somebody like Daredevil and Spider Man and the Black Cat who are such acrobats. You really want to ha- see that more detailed uh, kind of look. And again, like I said, I think the storyboarding is effective. It's just the actual panel execution isn't isn't effective. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see when this love triangle thing is going to start too. Oh yeah, like, when they start banging her. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know, like finger cuffs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's the next issue. Finger cuffs. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what that what that it, what, what six seventy eight of Amazing Spider Man is titled. Finger cuffs. <laughs> uh, that's disturbing. <laughs> if not, I'm sure it'll be the title of Funny Books this week <laughs> <laughs> or next week. You never know. So, Green Lantern number five, jumping back to DC, came out this week. Wayne and I are the only ones reading Green Lantern. Wayne, what'd you think of Green Lantern number five, the conclusion to the first story arc starring Sinestro? I loved this book, and every concern I had about the the title went away with this issue. I was afraid from the beginning that it was going Sinestro was only going to be in the book for the first arc, and it was going to, uh, you know, and replacing you're replacing him with Hal pretty quickly. And now that I see that Sinestro is around, going to be around for a while, I am, I am so glad I jumped on this book. It has been great this whole time. I like seeing this version of Sinestro. I like getting deeper into his character. They've even made me care about Hal Jordan, and I've never cared about Hal Jordan. Yeah, I, I, my only concern is that they're going to keep finding ways to bring back Hal Jordan. And I got to be honest, Sinestro is just far more interesting in this book than Hal is. I know eventually Hal is going to come back and be the Green Lantern. I'm just hoping we get a Sinestro book of his own when that happens. And I hope it doesn't happen too soon. I want a full year of Sinestro before they bring Hal back for good. That's my hope. Yeah, the first arc definitely took a different turn than I expected. I really did expect Sinestro to be basically ousted at the end of this arc, and it's not what's happening. I mean, if anything, Hal Jordan is, is worse off than ever, really. I want the writers... At some point, though, just because it would be unusual and it would be a different kind of story to tell a story where the Guardians aren't the bad guys. You know, we've been getting story after story lately about the Guardians being either being the bad guys or having ulterior motives or 
I want to see a story where they're just altruistic because that would be out of character for them at this point. Because the Guardians are dicks. Really, I'm I'm just tired of the Guardians in general. I, you know, I'm I'm really ready for a Guardian-less Green Lantern core. That would be nice at this point, I think. But yeah, I I like what they're doing with Hal here. I've never cared about the character, but a Hal with no powers, obsessed with the fact that he has no powers, that is an interesting character. But speaking of interesting characters, and Wayne, because you didn't get it this week, you may want to take your headphones off. Batman and Robin number five came out this week, featuring a startling reveal about Damian Wayne. Damn it, I'm taking my headphones off then. <laughs> let me know when it's, when it's done. We will let you know when it's back, when we're, when we're done. So, Tim, what do you think of Batman and Robin number five? Uh, I'm a little concerned. <laughs> that, that's what I have to say about it. I'm a little concerned. They went right up to that precipice. Um, I, th- I think it's going to turn out okay. Because you can't have much of a Batman and Robin book if Robin is an evil, di- is a completely evil dick where they're hunt- where Batman's hunting him down. I don't know. So you're concerned that, you know, they're, they're going that, I mean, because, okay, so what's revealed in this book at the very beginning of the book, and it's actually been revealed in preview pages too, um, is that like the entire time Damien's been there, been staying at Wayne Manor, he's been drawing scene like death scenes of all of Batman's rogues, including of Batman and Robin. And so like the kid is, is fucked up in the head, essentially. And and he Bruce finds this out after Damien leaves to join Nobody, who's a, a, a killer vigilante. Which we get some of his backstory too. And it's kind of interesting how uh, nobody's uh, history kind of mirrors uh, Damian Wayne's history. I thought mm-hmm. that was interesting. So, Aaron, did you read this book? I did. I enjoyed it quite a bit. But uh, you know, I'm, 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 I suspect that Damian is uh, undercover. You know, I, I feel like he's going to turn on uh, on nobody. You know, I don't think he's—I don't think he's actually intending to shoot that guy in the head at the end of the book. I don't think. No, he's, I don't think so either. I, I mean, I—I I, I think that—that that, uh, what you would expect is you know Batman to burst in and stop him before it happens. But you know, I, I feel like Damien's playing a game. You know, there, there's something underlying there. Um, but I really enjoy Batman's journal. You know, the letter that he's writing to Damien, hoping mm-hmm. that he gets to tell him in person. Um, I, I, I'm digging that. I, I, I like the, 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 the conversation that he's having that, you know, Damien's not getting to hear yet. I, I think the book is, is nicely written. I, I like the, I always enjoy seeing those Bruce Wayne training to be Batman stories. You know, I always get a kick out of, you know, what he had to learn to be the, the badass that he is. Um, so I, I dug that, but I'm also enjoying kind of the, the father realizing that he's fucked up and he's hoping for the opportunity to make it right. And what I really hope is that he does get that opportunity to make it right, that it, it just doesn't continue along the usual Batman path of, eh, he'll get over it. Yeah. You know, and you're back to status quo. And I don't think they will. I, you know, I, I think the, this book is well written enough mm-hmm. that I think we're going to get an emotional journey here. And that it, I hope so. It's kind of, this is definitely the most emotional of the Batman books. You know, there's yeah. a lot of 
heart and insight into Bruce Wayne as as more than just Batman, but as as a, as trying to be a father and and, and this you know, is the, Damian Wayne. And for that reason, this is the, this is why it's the only Batman book I'm reading. You know, because I'm enjoying the character story that's going on between uh, Bruce and Damian. Mm-hmm. So I dug it. I thought it was a good book. Absolutely. So moving away from DC and Marvel, I, I know shocker. Really, Jake Ekus would would be appalled with us. <laughs> um, Aaron and I read Fatal Number One from Image Comics, written by Ed Brubaker, art by Sean Phillips, same creative team who put together Incognito and the Criminal yeah. series. So, you know, I've been really looking forward to this book. I I, I quite enjoy that team of uh, Phillips and Brubaker. And so I, I, I don't think Aaron, you're familiar you're with either of those books, are you? Uh, I think I have read an issue of both, but I've not read the full series of either. And but you know I'm I'm familiar with I'm familiar with the work, certainly familiar with Ed Brubaker from other things he's written. Um, the uh, the artwork is very moody, noirish, uh, uh, lots of lots of lots of dark. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of looks to it. You know, it does seem a lot like a 1940s movie. You know, in the way that uh, the characters are drawn. Mm-hmm. I liked this book an awful lot, Paul. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I love Incognito from these guys, and I, I'm not too familiar with Criminal. I read the most recent miniseries of Criminal, which uh-huh. I quite enjoyed, and this is their style. They do noir books. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and whereas an incognito is kind of a pulp book, and this is kind of a noir thriller, but it's got like horror in it too. Yeah, it's, well, it, it it follows very much that whole investigator uh, type of H.P. Lovecraft story. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it has it has the guy who you know he's found out a little bit of information, he's met somebody who's got a little bit more information, things are starting to spin out of control. And there's this mystery that will ultimately lead to his downfall. And he kind of foreshadows that, you know, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the book. So it, it very much follows that H.P. Lovecraft model of a mythos story. And certainly, yeah. you know, you can see the tips to the, uh, the H.P. Uh, Lovecraft sort of, you know, Cthulhu type story by the cover. You know, you've got the tentacle headed monster on the, yeah. on the on the cover, and you know, you just do have that 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 sense of creeping terror <laughs> just lurking off the panel in these books. In this book, mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was I thought it was extraordinarily well written, and loved the artwork. Yeah, and this is a fantastic book, and Fatal is one of those books. Even though it's a mini series, well, a maxi series, it's twelve issues. Right, I will say. Don't wait for the trade. Yeah, um, because when it with Ed Brubaker's uh, minis like Criminal and Incognito, they have essays in the back of them. Right. Um, the Jess Nivens essays. Yeah, Jess Nivens essays, or you know, so, sometimes they'll have a guest writer, and they have really interesting letters pages. None of which are reprinted in the trade paperbacks. Uh, they're only in the floppies, and they're just so interesting. I yeah. think they're they're one of my favorite parts of the book. Besides, if you wait for the trade, it may never come out on trade because you didn't buy the individual issues. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I hear. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> I, I'm waiting for the trade more and more lately on certain books. Well, I I thought this was just extraordinarily well done. I really 
thoroughly enjoyed this. I, I can't wait for the rest of it. And you know, Brubaker said that this is going to be an ongoing. So I mean, he's doing. They're doing it in like twelve issue blocks. So okay. they're going to do this, and then they'll probably go back into another criminal rig incognito, and then they're going to come back to it. So this is going to be ongoing chapters uh, of this story. Which I'm okay with. I mean, yeah, I, I, me love the, I love this creative team. Yeah. So highly recommended. Fatal number one. You know, only the first issue's out, so you can jump on at the beginning. Right. But definitely pick it up. Yeah, it's great stuff. Great stuff. So, Aaron. Sir. Your your boyfriend sent you something this week. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, Greg Pack, my new special friend. Um, he sent me two copies. He sent me a copy of Dead Man's Run number zero and Dead Man's Run number one uh, to uh, review. And I got to tell you, these 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 books are from Aspen, and they're fantastic. Um, you know, I always kind of attribute Aspen books to books with a lot of pretty women in them this ain't that uh dead man's run tells the story of a prison break but the it is the the most highly secured prison in the land um however the prison the secret of the prison is that it's actually a gateway to hell and so you know when you get sentenced to serve in this prison they're actually sending you to hell and so uh, with, without giving away too much of the story, the idea is that this guy gets – he feels he's there inappropriately. Um, the, the, he feels he's there inappropriately and he is working to get his way out and he has a knack for cartography. You know, he, he has a, a knack for maps and whatnot. So he is, he is working the jailbreak to get out. And the book is kind of freaky and a little scary, kind of what you would expect in a book about hell. Um, it, it, it is, uh, it is an awfully interesting book and I, I'm, I am all over it. I'm so glad they sent me issue zero cause you know, sometimes zero issue books don't feel like they connect to, uh, to the ongoing story, but the zero issue really gives you a nice flavor for it. And issue one picks right up after the zero issue and, uh, really the, the two marry nicely together to give you that feel. So you get to see, you know, people getting sentenced to this, you know, hell prison at the beginning of the book and in issue zero. And then the actual, you know, kind of explanation of the setting in uh, issue one, awfully, awfully good, highly recommended. And I'll be adding this to my poll. This was a lot of fun. Hmm. And I want to pay it forward. I want to pay it forward. So I have got an autographed Greg Pack issue of Dead Man's Runs issue zero and a Greg Pack autographed issue of Dead Man's Run issue one. I am going to give these away on the site. You should do that. I am going to give these away on the site. And so here's the contest. Make a Paul's mom joke in the comments on behalf of Wayne. You're a bastard. (laughs) (laughs) We will select our favorite and uh, uh, we will give give it away to the winner. Paul's and for those of us, least favorite. Aaron, you're now my favorite host. <laughs> I hate this. Uh, and for those of you who uh, who are not familiar with our website, who are listening to us through iTunes, we're at ideologyofmadness.com. <laughs> Bastard. Anytime. <laughs> ah, <any> <laughs> uh, so. so that was a jam-packed week. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was kind of an assault on my wallet this week. 
I did okay. I did thirty bucks this week. I'm 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 okay with thirty bucks. I have to go back out to buy Batman and Robin, so I'm not done yet. I have to go back out to get Journey into Mystery. When yeah. I go back out to get Batman and Robin, I'll hit the quarter bin sale, and there's no telling then. That's right. I'm not. Tell your wife to she's going to have to make you another cabinet. <laughs> 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 this show sponsored by. <laughs> 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 Uh, that's gonna thanks, be the image for the, for the, for the <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Well, you guys have a good week. You too. Bye. I'm just gonna have a week, Aaron. No, you you make it a good week. <sighs> I guess. Oh, and by the way, if you're listening to this episode now, issue twelve of Knights of Rainsboro has dropped. So go listen to that now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, out of here. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. <laughs>